We're in a series titled Tight Lines. It's partly a fishing term that wishes somebody going fishing well. You say to them, tight lines. Of course, I use the Afrikaans term and people bumped into me in the shops for a whole week and said, Stavelena, every time they saw me. Uh, mostly impressed that I would even know that term. I think that was what it was. Um, but it also is a verse from the message translation in Colossians chapter one that says that our rope or our uh, uh, um, lines are taught are taught and tight, anchored in heaven and held together by hope. And so we've been talking about how to keep hope and our anchoring in heaven tight. And so today I want to take you to another part of that conversation. Uh, just to give you feedback, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, being in London uh, and the UK over the last week. It was excellent, met a whole lot of people. I'm inviting to preach here and sing here next year. I think it's going to be amazing. Plus, it was fall autumn, so I have an obsession with autumn colours. So I took many photos of many leaves. I even tried to bring some leaves back like a child. Um, but mostly the whole Alpha experience was, was really uh, excellent. Uh, today, I, I want to talk to you about how important it is for you to tie the knot. And I want to describe uh, a little bit of that detail uh, out of the book of Colossians. So we're going to go to Colossians chapter 2, if you're following along. Hey, online church, good morning. Nice to have you online. And also to our Kingfisher and Femme uh, listeners um, who are connecting uh, to us via radio. Should we take a moment and just honour online church and, and on air church? Um, Colossians chapter 2 says this, uh, See to it that no one takes you captive. I haven't included all of the verses. You might want to uh, read them at some point. See to, see to it that no one takes you captive. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Christ, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, has taken it away, nailed it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and principalities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink. Pause. Just pause. We don't judge by the sipping. But obviously the Bible discourages drunkenness, right? Because I just don't want any of our saints to highlight just that verse and then leave here saying they are sipping saints and that that is, that is their verse. But we don't judge. It goes on to say, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or even a Sabbath day. Such a person always goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual minds. And here it is, they have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body is supported and held together uh, by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Such regulations indeed have a form of wisdom with their self-imposed wisdom, uh, uh, worship rather, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgences. It's a really big passage of Scripture, and I'm aware that I've read a lot, of, a lot of Scripture this morning. But I want to talk to you today about this idea of being connected to the head, staying connected, and that term, a form of wisdom or a form of 
godliness. Do you know, um, all of us uh, have a shape, right? And I don't mean that a physical shape. I used to be the first guy who used to joke that I want to be in shape and that round is a shape and that I was successfully therefore in that shape. I used to make that joke. Um, But actually, uh, the Bible talks about our shape being a spiritual condition. In other words, uh, you can measure your physical uh, dimensions, your height and your weight, and you can measure characteristics like the colour of your eyes and so forth. But can you measure your spiritual dimension? So spiritually, how tall are you? Spiritually, how abled bodied are you? Spiritually, what's the condition or quality of your heart? Those are all terms and qualities and conditions that the Bible says can be measured. Now, I'm not a big um, uh, expert on construction, but I do love it. I, if I could build a little something every month, I would. And it pains everybody here because I keep trying to encourage them to build something. But I love uh, shutter ply. I think shutter ply is heavenly. It's, you can do so, you can make furniture from it. Oh man, it's just so nice. But do you know that we use Shutterfly uh, different to the way it was originally uh, intended? Uh, Shutterfly was designed to do exactly what it implies, to shutter something to create what's called formwork. So if you ever see construction going up with concrete, they put shutter in a box, then they pour the concrete in it, and that's Shutterfly. And I want to talk to you today about allowing God to give you a spiritual shape and never have a form of godliness without any power. There's something significant in the Bible about the spiritual shape of my life that has tremendous authority and it has nothing to do with my external shape. So there I am in London. I got dropped off at Gatwick Airport, apparently the wrong airport, because Heathrow Airport is where it's at. I at least exited the UK from Heathrow, but I got dropped off there. And I didn't know how to get to my hotel using the underground. Everybody just says, it's the easiest thing. It's the easiest thing you just get in. It's so easy. It's the easiest thing. Everybody you ask, it's so easy. Until you've never done it before and you go in there and it's a spider web of chapters and verses. It just seemed so hectic, but I realized it's color-coded for people just like me. And the color I needed was yellow, the yellow one. I thought, yellow sounds cheap. So I said, the gold. I thought to myself, I'll, I'll ask about the golden line. It's a gold line. It's actually called the circle line. For those of you who are from the UK or long uh, to be there, it's called the circle line. And it's, it's going to take me from the airport into the center of town where my hotel is. And I went to a man with a a vest, and uh, I said, excuse me, I would like to find the gold line. And he said, are you a diver? (laughs) It seemed very awkward, like, like, are we speaking English to each other right now? Am I in the wrong country? And then he had a laugh, (laughs) just being funny. And I was just not in a funny mood after 20 hours of flying. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm very conflicted by this conversation. He said, we don't call it by its color. We call it by its name. It is, you're looking for the circle line and you just hop over this bridge and get in there and people will help you. Oh, he said, have you got the app? No, I got the app. And then later that evening, I thought, what is the diver thing about? So I Googled diver and golden line. 
And in that moment of reading what it was, I knew I had my example for today's message. So check this out. When divers go diving in caves, because of the risk of things getting murky and messy, the first diver who explores it runs a line from the entrance to the end. They call that line the golden line. On it are little hooks every so many meters so that any diver who follows after the first diver can hook themselves to the golden line. Then they can explore anywhere, go as far as they want, do as much as they want, stay as long as they want, but always connected to the golden line. So that if things get dirty or things get murky or things get messy, they can pull taut against the line that connects them to the golden line. The golden line gets them back from anywhere to entry. And I thought for a moment, perhaps, we need to take a moment to discuss that Jesus is our golden thread. He's the one who entered this planet, murky and messy as it sometimes can be. And he drew a line from its entrance to its end. And so named himself both Alpha and Omega. And across it are the hooks of opportunity for you to join in and be connected with the head, Christ Jesus, who is our authority. And you can go anywhere you want as long as you're connected. You can go into boardrooms and make a difference. You can go into marriage and see a family raised God's way. You can go into a career that you're passionate about. Or you can stay at home and let that be your calling. But whatever it is, as long as it's connected to the golden thread. And sometimes, as always is the case, things get murky and things get messy. And we should say, it doesn't matter. My line is taught against my king, the one with whom I am connected. That connection is strong. He'll always get me out again. And so today I I want to talk to you about how to ensure that we have that kind of connection. That's why I said it's important to tie the knot. In fact, I wish people would tie this knot before they tie any other knot. Before you tie the knot with somebody else to go into a world of uncertainty, please tie the knot with Jesus Christ, your Lord and Saviour. It doesn't matter how uh, fancy the person is you're connected to, uh, they could take you and get you lost if you're not connected to Jesus Christ. It's such an important idea that we have some kind of sense of a connection toward a future. This idea of the form or shape in which God wants us to take is not new. It's in the Bible from the very beginning. I was amazed, for instance, so let's subtitle this, how to be in top form, right? And how to be connected to Christ. I was amazed at how much the term form comes up in the Bible. Genesis chapter one, the earth was formless and empty. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. Isn't it interesting that God starts with something that's got no form and then He gives it a form. Can you say amen to that? In fact, I even did, how's this for research? I had a lot of time to research for for you today. Um, The entomology, the root word of the word form. I was amazed. You know, the word formula is a system or structure that helps give something formless a form. You need a formula. Things are 
are empty and dark because you don't have a formula. And I think that Jesus gives us the formula, the equation. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. It, it says, and the Spirit of God uh, um, uh, hovered over the waters and the Lord God formed, uh, once again, uh, uh, a man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living creature. Um, we, we've been formed all along. The earth is formed. It's not chaotic. You're formed. You run on a formula. It's not chaotic. Galatians chapter 4 says, My dear children, for whom I am again in pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So Christ is formed in you. You're being formed in the image of God. The earth is formed. It runs on a formula. And let me tell you, if things don't run on a formula, they fail. Can you say amen? And all of us have a formula. I love it when people say to me, I'm a spontaneous person. And then when you talk to them after a little while, they're spontaneous in a predictable way. They get up at a certain time, except Saturdays, because they're being spontaneous. Then they get up at 10, and on Sundays, spontaneous, they get up at 5 to make it to the 6 p.m. service. They're spontaneous. Hallelujah. That seemed to strike a chord with you. We're spontaneous, but within a formula. So here's the point. You create the formula. The formula creates your form. So if you want to change the shape of your life, you've got to change the equation that is calculating the shape of your life. You've got to put different kinds of form work so that God can pour concrete into it and make it solid. Make it solid. We're living in a dangerous world at the moment where the idea of uh, uh, something being solid, uh, being formed or shaped is, is being judged. People say uh, more and more these days, uh, don't, don't, don't tell me, I want to work it out for myself. But when you're diving in a cave, going it alone is dangerous. And when we live in a spiritual world that can so quickly become dark, going it alone is dangerous. God did not call us to invent our own road. God called us to walk the narrow road. It has a shape. Can you say amen to it? It has a shape. Is that a clappable moment? Okay. Uh, Romans chapter 9 verse 20 says, but who are you, uh, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Do you know, I've had to come to terms with that scripture. And let me tell you why. Every time somebody else's form impresses me, I want to adopt it. And every time somebody else's form or shape, the way the formula of their lives works, draws me, I judge my own. And every now and then I'm tempted to go before God and say, could you have shaped me differently? Could you have made me calmer? Could you have made me taller? I don't know. Could, could you have made me more of this or less of that? But the beginning of your spiritual journey is when you go before God and acknowledge He formed me in my mother's womb. See, now you have to take ownership of, Lord, I acknowledge that you had a design in mind. You created me after a heavenly formula. You planned my days and I will not seek to be somebody else. 
but seek to be fully who you designed and created me to be. You formed me. You formed me. And it may be challenging to overcome the temptation of wanting to take the shape or form of something else, but you'll never be happy doing that. So I want to talk to you about how to allow God to change your shape and allow God to form you as He had intended and designed. The first idea I want to share with you is that there are invisible forces forming you all the time. Invisible forces forming all the time. Do you know, some things are just physical things. They, you know, they, they shape you accordingly. Um, but spiritual things, invisible things, shape you all the more. Do you know our culture is shaping us? But it's invisible. But it's shaping us. What we decide, for instance, is proof of success is cultural. You go to another country, like I just did in the UK, and they're sort of championing of electric cars. Cars, they are so quiet in the city, you don't know they're about to ride over you. Like, they are so, so quiet. I'm like, what just happened? Uh, most people don't have a car because they have the tube and they have electric Everything's tricycles, bicycles, skateboards, electric, everything. You have to watch out. Your life is in danger of a 12-year-old taking you out uh, on an electric something. Um, but in another place, uh, a, a culture shapes you. Uh, and in this country, for instance, people uh, will pay more for their car than their house because there's a cultural shaping. I had to talk to a friend the other day. I had to give him Rich Dad Poor Dad as a book. And say to him, please don't fall into the same mistake. They just earned a salary. The salary is like 10,000 rand. And the first thing they want to do is spend like 7,000 rand on a mode of transport. I'm sorry to the transport sellers among us. Like, don't do that. Rather, uh, uh, save some, spend appropriately, keep your budget down. So when you do buy a car, it's a better car. It's like a BMW. Can I say that? Is that better? It's a BMW and you can get one every year. What else should I say to assist you? You can get a new one every year. But you suddenly realize you've got people sitting in cars in the house here and then like uh, I'm going to lose friends. Um, but culture shapes us, doesn't it? It determines that. Sometimes we're being shaped by evil. Evil shapes us. We just don't realize it, but evil shapes us. A standard of unrighteousness becomes a norm in society and it's invisible, but it has a huge impact on how we think and what we do. Sometimes we're shaped, we, we literally have a generation of people being shaped by online consumption. Netflix is shaping us and YouTube is shaping us and it's frightening. I sat next to a young lady um, coming back to South Africa and uh, it, my, it hurt my brain, that conversation. She was 17 and she must have taken 250 photos of herself, selfie, easily. She, this mother's sister, she, uh, she said, where do you come from? I said, South Africa. I said, where do you come from? She said, Essex. So apparently that's a whole other world. But here was the thing. I said, so uh, which photo are you going to post? And she said, I didn't like any of them. She took 200 photos, hoodie on, hoodie off, near the airplane, across the airplane, leaned clean over me to, to, to get the window shot. For the first time, I thought I better introduce what I actually do for a living. I, like normally I keep quiet, I do it at last. I'm like, 
So I said, I'm a pastor. And she wasn't sure what that was. So I said, I'm a vicar. And she said, <gasps> She put her hoodie back on, which closed up the midriff that she was revealing. On an international flight, I'm just, Mr. what's going on here? It's all very confusing to me. She said, yeah, she said, I did get a compliment from her. I'll, I'll leave that out of the sermon for the sake of a conversation. It was about age. But um, <laughs> she didn't think I was the ancient of days, if that's what you, if that's what you were thinking. Hebrews 11 says this, um, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So the point of that part of the message is whatever physical shape, expression or change you want to see, it's not going to start with something physical happening. It's going to start with something spiritual or invisible happening. Invisible things shape physical things. That's the way of the Bible. If you want a better marriage, you don't change the person you're married to. You change who you are in the marriage. You don't get what you want. You get who you are. Secondly, Shape is imparted. I love online church and I love Kingfisher listening in and I love the opportunity of reaching a global community. While I was in London, each night I got to go and have dinner with somebody who used to live in PE. I just lined them up and said, take me to your favourite place. I got to see a whole bunch of places, many of them still uh, staying in touch um, uh, online. I do love that. But I am a little worried about only being shaped physically by the impact of people around us and never being shaped by being in the company of believers and in the company of worship. I know in some countries, I know some people watching from Turkey uh, right now and other parts of the world, you may not have that opportunity. But let me tell you something. You have to get around people with perseverance to become persevering. You have to get around people who know how to respond in conflict for you to pick up how to respond in conflict. You need to be around someone who prays with authority so you also can pick up some of the language of people who pray with authority. You have to have it imparted into your life. Today, let's make a commitment that we've got some friends we need to uh, woo back into church. We need to encourage and invite back into church. Not, in fact, in every other statistic, church is breaking records. But in person has changed. And in person is in small groups, and in worship gatherings, and in get-togethers. And if we don't do that, the world will fill the gap for us. I spent four days at a workshop um, on Alpha. It's doing amazing things around the world, by the way, and also in South Africa. And they have this habit. At the start of every meeting, they do great worship. Um, I, I did think our worship was better. But I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. It's just like... Kept texting Vince, where are you? Are you coming up? Um, but at the end of worship, they just, they start every, every event and every Sunday service with Holy Spirit come. And they did it because a preacher in the 80s called John Wimber came and preached and he did a seminar called Holy Spirit come. He was the founder of the Vineyard Movement. So they, they still do it 30 years later. So I'm in a prayer meeting on the last night. They say, George, will you pray? Guess what I did? Holy Spirit come. 
What is wrong with you? Actually, what was happening was I was being shaped. You don't know how to pray? Hang around somebody who does. Get in a little prayer moment. Get in a small group and see how someone reads the Scripture and go, I should read that. I like that verse. I'm going to put it on my Facebook as if it's my verse. Do it. We, we need the company um, of, of connected community to be shaped. And I want to encourage you about the huge power of that. By the way, I started this conversation with no judgment. It said we don't get judged by special days, celebrations, festivals, and gatherings. No, it's not from judgment. It's from shape. And I, I want God to shape me. 1 Peter 4 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And sometimes you, you only know one thing um, and you need to learn others. So, so um, I'd, one of the workshops I did was how do you make a difference online if you want to reach online? Do you know, you know what the biggest advice was? You have to be polarizing. And let me tell you why. YouTube and Instagram and all that, they have an algorithm. And that algorithm promotes, pushes forward to other people's ears stuff they prefer. And the algorithm is set that if you can create conflict, all such and such as are sinners and going to hell, they'll push it up. If you say God loves everyone, they'll push it down. That algorithm is a formula and the world is being shaped by a formula. And do you know the message the world needs now is not a polarizing message. The message the world needs now is people of every tribe, every nation, every people group, every stage and every status come to the cross. That's what people need. And I want to encourage you that we keep pushing towards breaking the mold of the world. Do not be conformed, another expression of the word form, by the, the, the culture of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Finally, we always have to guard against an immature form. Romans chapter 12, words like this, um, readily recognize what he, God, wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around us, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Do you know the culture of this world is teaching us to drag our heels, get there too slowly, uh, put yourself first, take your time. Do you know what the Bible teaches us? to respond quickly to the voice of God. Say yes when He speaks. Acknowledge His leadership and follow enthusiastically after Him. Don't drag our heels and don't be pulled down in negativity, but to step out in faith, absolute confidence and assurance that our God reigns. And the shape of my life will be based on the shape of heaven, not the shape of earth. My shape must be eternal because everything on earth is temporal. It will not last. It'll be here for a season. It'll have beauty for a season, but the beauty of the Lord is everlasting and the Word of God is never failing and heaven is eternal and my soul is anchored by a golden thread, both to the entry and the final day. He is the Alpha and the Omega. I'll explore in life. I'll go into caves of worship, of, of personal exploration, even of business success. Do it all. But as long as the cable is connected to the golden cord, do everything, but keep it connected to our Father. 
How do you practically do that? Well, to conclude, you do it like this. I get seven days a week, 24 hours a day, like everybody. I take some of that and I hook it to the golden thread. I have some minutes of prayer, an hour of reading. To be honest, I don't read, I have it read to me. There's something nice about asking James Earl Jones to read the Bible to you in the morning. Feels fancy. I take some of Sunday and I connect it to the head. It means I can go safely anywhere with the rest of my time. When I make my salary or I earn an income from a project, I take some of it and I connect it to the head. I take my tithe and sew it into the cord because I feel safe with the rest of it. I can go into a murky, sometimes messy world and I'm okay, no matter what happens. You take your marriage and you say, we'll honour the Lord with all that we do. You take a bit of your marriage every day and you're connected to Christ. And then the rest of it is safe. When you raise your kids, sometimes they'll want to do it and sometimes they won't. Want to have family altars, Bible reading or come to church. Mostly the kids want to come to church more than the adults, by the way. But you take a little bit, whatever amount you need and you connect it to the cord and you make the rest safe. Your world feels unsafe and it isn't possible to make the world safe. It is only possible to make you safe in an unsafe world. Stop trying to change the world. Just be somebody else in it and watch the Lord honour your every steps and make your way prosperous. Can you say amen to that? Would you please stand with me as we pray? I'm looking forward to being in church again tonight. If anyone wants to double dip, we're in a conversation about how to be more spiritual with, um, with our 6pm and I'd love to have you uh, come along. Um, you may have noticed some changes to the building. We've painted outside and done some repairs. That's because we're preparing for a huge Christmas experience. Christmas this year is on, on a Sunday. That is very exciting. Bring your crew, fill the pew. That's going to be my hashtag. Okay, it's very Anglican. <laughs> Just came from them. I, I want to pray for a moment and, and I, I'll have two prayers. The one is that all of us in every area will be connected to the cord and learn to do a reliable knot. Tie the knot before you tie any other knot. But I also want to pray if perhaps you've never, I mean, you're just lost in a cave and perhaps you've never made that commitment and I want to invite you to do that. Maybe let's start at that one and go to the other one. If, um, if, you're, if you're here or listening to this now or later than live and you know you need to make a connection to Christ, I'm going to invite the team to put a prayer up onto the screen and that prayer is going to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus in response to Him. 
Uh, those of you in the room know that some of our team are coming forward in preparation to pray for you, uh, anyone who would like prayer. But this first prayer is a private prayer. I'm not gonna invite you to come forward. I do, I do want you to consider praying it though. To make the very first knot, very first connection, the most valuable one you will ever need in your life. And that is to be connected under Christ Jesus. So I'm gonna pray it out loud and you could uh, pray it under your breath. And if you're watching online, you can pray it along with us. And if you do watch online, I hope you'll say I prayed the prayer on the comment section. And if you pray the prayer at any of our services, I'll invite you to come to the to the counter on the side here or the communion station. And we'll give you a free Bible if you don't have one. And we'd love to get your details so that we can only do one thing. Email an invitation to you to the next Alpha. A good place to get your story straight in your faith. And that's it. We won't sign you up for anything more and we won't ask you to hand over anything. We just encourage you to do that. Here's the prayer. It says, Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible that whoever hears your words and believes God sent you to set me free from my debt of sin has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you and receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I now cross over from death to life. Amen. And then that second prayer. Lord, would you give us the right shape spiritually? Make us spiritually taller, stronger. Clarify our sight so it's clearer and sharper. Make us wise to the shaping, invisible forces shaping of this world. Help us stay connected to the cord. Teach us that it's okay to explore, succeed and prosper, to anchor ourselves and make a difference in the world, to enjoy its beauty and its benefits, but always connected to the golden thread, our Alpha and Omega. Teach us to do that today, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and worship?